What do you think, darling? Should I hate him? No, that's true, but... How old there's just something about him. Something around my eyes. So that you guys know, I wore my favorite watch for this, by the way. Which one? G-Shock? What do you got? Rolex, dude. The Rolex, bro. Rocking the, the crown for this podcast. Yeah. Rolling. Good thing everyone can see it. <laughs> 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 They'll feel the confidence that I have. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. He's telling the truth. All right, well, let's get into it. I'm going to start. I'm going to do this a little bit different today. I'm going to start with an intro. Cool. Season two, baby. Uh, well, welcome back to what I'm calling season two of Pastimes. With Nice Guy Ty. Season 1 is basically what I'm referring to as our first 10 episodes. That's really the only only distinction, you know? Nothing nothing crazy there. And maybe we should take a week off every 10 episodes, right? I mean, like, it's been kind of nice. A little winter break. A little yeah. winter break. I don't know. I just mentioned this. I kind of feel like out of the loop, too. So, like, or not out of the loop, out of practice. So, maybe not. I don't know. Get a little rusty. Yeah, yeah. Like we were just saying, it kind of happens. You go from, like, 10 weeks straight and then nothing. Mm-hmm. Anyways. You keep looking over at me. Am I in on this, or am no. I? Are you? I'm like waiting. Am I supposed to be introduced? No, there's or not? there's no cue. <laughs> you I'm just kind of like looking at me, and I don't say anything. <laughs> I'm that horrible guest that just sits quiet. <laughs> no, you're good. We'll get we'll get to you in just a minute. Um, if you don't already, please just feel free to follow the podcast on Instagram or follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Stay up to date on our latest episodes. All of that good stuff. Anyways, welcome back and thanks for tuning in. We're going to kick off our return with the history of freeways. Freeways. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's a okay. good one, particularly living in California. I feel like I yeah. kind of know a little bit about freeways considering I drive on one all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I've rolled all across a freeway or two. I thought we all could relate to this topic a little oh, bit. Yeah. excited about this yeah. one. No, I actually, I, I work in the events industry and I'm literally driving on LA freeways all, yeah. almost. Yeah. I don't commute anymore, but like I said, we all have experience with freeways, you know? Quit, quit bragging. Yeah, I know, right? Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to rub it in. Um, but anyway, so this was actually like one of my early ideas, like on the master sheet I wrote this down, like history of freeways, but I was like hesitant to do it cuz, you know, I mean, it just seemed like like freeways like what kind of history is there and yeah, I could see it kind of like flopping. You know, but then we did Salt and Sea, and I was like, I mean, if we can do Salt and Sea, we can do freeways. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, for sure. That yeah. and somebody suggested it too. So once somebody else suggested it, I was like, all right, we're in. Yeah. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> you know, your suspicions. <laughs> right. Anyways, joining us today is Stephen Hoffa, the host of Standing Still Podcast, which on a little bit of a hiatus, but Stephen, thank you for the work that you've done. We appreciate the podcast. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for the shout out. It's definitely on hold. I'm uh, about to move to Montana, so I'm kind of doing a lot of live stuff and yeah. uh, whole studios and boxes right now. It kind of breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, you'll get back to it soon enough, I'm sure. Um, and it's only fitting that you're here, considering you were our first ever guest, and then you're kicking off season two, what I'm calling season two. Uh, we're kicking it off with you, so you know, it's kind of symbolic, if you will. I had no idea what the topic was until you said it on the show. I had no idea that it was even season two. 
there's a chill that's running down my spine that I just I wish I could describe, but it's something <laughs> something special. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's one of those things. I mean, I'm not I don't do this in season, so don't get too excited. But you know, we'll just call it. It's like an even break at ten, right? Ten episodes, and yeah. this is eleven. Season two, it's just kind of a natural thing. Mm-hmm. This is the last time I'll call it season two. Yeah, it's good for uh, <laughs> computer organization too. Yeah. yeah so Stephen, catch us up really quick. You're moving to Montana in a couple weeks. Dude, so the last, okay, last two months have been pretty, I'm kind of excited. To, I mean, I already told you I was excited, but like, I mean, you know how it is, especially when you guys, you do a show every week, you're constantly like thinking about material, you know, you're thinking about subjects. I have so much life that's happening. I haven't, I'm so used to just like blabbering on about it, but uh, yeah, I quit my job um, about a month and a half ago, which was really sweet. So I literally nice. haven't worked in like a month and a half. I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. And then it's been, which is why I also pause the podcast that and work were like just pretty much like 90% of my time. And I got to the point where I was like, all right, I was going to move like this summer. And then it was like, oh, at the soonest it'd be like June. And then I was just got to the point where I was like, all right, like, why am I waiting? Like, I already know it's happening. So I'm just kind of like, and kind of looking at the math of like every week is the same because I have to do a podcast and I have to do all these clips and then all these posts and all that. And it was like, Dude, it's going to take forever to actually move. Like I'm barely getting anything done week to week as far as like pushing this thing along. And so I was like, let's just let's just do it. Need to make it happen. So that's kind of what's been going on behind the scenes. I've totally off of social media, which has been really nice. I think on a personal level, like just that's the biggest thing that I'm excited about. Right. I'm moving to Montana. Uh, I'm fortunate enough or, you know, I don't really like being an electrician, but I just want to do it first. At least just it's an easy way to make good coin and get benefits and everything right away. But I'm just, I'm like hitting reset. Like I don't have a family or kids to worry about, which is, you know, a bummer and nice at the same time. But like, dude, off of social media. So like, it's kind of weird because nobody really knows what's going on. Like there's massive changes in my life, but you just have the mentality of like, yeah, no, who cares? Like, why does anybody need to know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel the same way. I mean, I just kind of, I don't post as much on social media and it's like, yeah, just the people that need to know, know. And like, that's kind of, that's kind of okay. I will you know? be, yeah, like, I'm, dude, I'm going all in, like, I'm already dieting, like, this is, I haven't even been drinking, like, this just, this beer tastes like the fountain of youth to me right now, like, it's so <laughs> delicious, I had a bowl of corn for oh. lunch, dude, like, that's Sorry to throw you off your rhythm, bro. No, or, I'm like, I'm trying to being... be like, hey, I'm back on Instagram in, like, a few months and just be shredded, be like, nothing's really changed, yeah. but, like, I'm like, like, wow, he's in the best shape of his life by a mile, you're, trying you're... to play that card. Your weight loss journey and whatnot. <laughs> just don't tell anybody about it. Just be like, oh, Montana this is really cool. But I'm yeah. like not wearing a shirt. I'm just, I look like Zach Alfron. Yeah. <laughs> Standing still is going to be a Fitzbo podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. For sure. But yeah, no, big changes. I'm, I'm excited to just kind of grind in silence for a little while. Yeah, well, we're excited for you, man. Glad you're kind of, you know, taking the plunge to get this back on track a little bit with, with freeways. What, what highway do you take to get to Montana? It's actually... I don't even have to look like I don't even have to map question anymore. It's literally the 15 all the way, all the way to Helena. That's it's like 18 up. hours. Wow. So you nice. drive through Vegas and you drive through it, you know, all this stuff you drive through the 15 and you just take the 15. And it cuts right through Helena. So just a long, straight, boring drive or is it nice? Is it beautiful? There's another level of beauty. There's like nothing out there. It's just rolling hills and like green, but it's like you could feel it. You're like, I'm in God's country now. Like nice. this is, it's pretty rad. That's dope. We'll have to come visit you one day because it's definitely something I want to see, too. Yeah, that's high on my list. That's for sure. What's crazy to me, and I know I'm doing all the talking, but like... No, you're good. 
so there's there's like me exploring Montana and kind of just totally radically changing my life and trying to take a new step. But I'm also stoked to like once, you know, like I've had a little piece of that of like when I go visit my parents for like a week once a year, you know, like you kind of just take a breath from California and go to Montana. So I can't wait to get settled and then get a house and then like be all like I want to get a Bronco and a dog and like there just live go. the stereotypical REI white guy life. You know there what I mean? There you but go, like, man. No, but like. And then all my friends are like, yeah, I've never been. Like, I would love to check that out. Exactly how you guys said that. So I can't be, can't wait to be that guy. That like, dude, fly up and let me just show you, like, what it's like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's what's cool about people that decide to kind of, like, move out of state is, like, be the destination. Yeah. You know, like, be the destination that people want to to that's, go see and go visit it's a yeah. great way to put it like i just i'm yearning to be a destination dude <laughs> yeah i mean you can strive for that anywhere but you know like like i want to be a good host even living here it's like you know but yeah they strive to be the destination bro make people come out and visit you you know right and we'll we'll come visit you it'll be cool yeah you guys are always welcome cool man well, thanks for sharing a little, little update on your life i'm sure. stoked for you again glad you're taking the plunge and let's get into it yeah yeah let's do all it. right cool so before we get into the history of freeways, I want to kind of cover a couple of things. First is freeway versus highway. Now, it's, it's kind of like just like fun fact stuff. All freeways are highways, but not all highways are freeways. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but whatever. Well, out of California, everybody, nobody calls it freeways, really, and like unless you're in a big city. You call it like the 10. Or either no, that. So that is actually unique to California too. Yeah. I like knew that. The ten. People call it I whatever, like interstate yeah. I mm-hmm. whatever, I five or whatever maybe. It's the highway. Yeah. Yeah. A freeway is a controlled access highway, also known as an expressway, and they're designed for high speed traffic. So a controlled access highway just means like high speed road. Mm. And there's, <laughs> no, essentially. there's no like streets that come directly off of a freeway. That's correct. This is laughable, but traffic flow on a freeway is unhindered. Not, yeah, not, not really, but you know, not, yeah. LOL, laugh out loud. I feel that. Um, but it's unhindered by signals, intersections, other roads, like you were mentioning, Chad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny. It's laughable, like unhindered traffic in California, but yeah, that's not really that's the ironic. case. Is there anything, hang on one second. Is there anything more demoralizing than when you actually come to a complete stop? Even if it's for a second, but you're on a freeway, just being and like, like that first, uh, like where you actually, you're like, I'm not moving at all. Yeah. And there's no lights. There's no intersection. You kind of just feel bad. Yeah. You're like shameful of like the human race. It's just, right, and like, it's a man-made thing too. That's what's funny about traffic is like, right. we, just, we can't all agree on a, on a speed. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we can't all just go the same speed at the same time. So many people made <laughs> so much money building engineering and designing and like passing this through law. And it doesn't work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're just like, this is the best we can do. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. get, oh, that trips me up every time. And it's still, so true though. They still expand. Like, uh, like they put a for the La Habra people. They put an extra lane on like Lambert on the 57 North, and it's still it's not it doesn't yeah. move any faster. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah, it right. And it costs ten million dollars to do it. Yeah, oh, like, more than that. Yeah. Well, I don't really have too many numbers, but I know it's more than that. But back to freeways versus highways. A highway is simply like it simply applies to a paved road. So we've been using highways for a long time. That's basically just the word we use for any paved road that interlink two cities. Um, These can include signals and intersections and all that jazz. So, you know, highways are different, different than freeways and that they aren't unhindered, Mm -hmm. which, again, is kind of a laughable term. Why is it called a freeway? 
Um, a guy named Edward M. Bassett, a New York City lawyer, is credited with coining the term freeway. He used the term to describe what essentially is a parkway, but open to commercial traffic. Do you, do you know what a parkway is? There's like... I know, like, the 110, like, parts of it are technically a parkway. I know how to spell it. I know, like, Alicia Parkway is, like, right? What are the other ones? Alton is, like, that another parkway or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. A parkway is a strip of public land, so a road that's devoted to recreation. Okay. So when, like, you know, I don't know when, like, city planning became a thing, but I feel like we have to categorize all these different, like, you know, Mm -hmm. this isn't a road, it's a parkway, and this isn't a parkway, it's a highway or a freeway, or you know what I mean? We're just kind of funny about that kind of stuff. What label you put on it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's essentially a parkway, but it's just kind of, it's not used for recreation, it's more get down to business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Bassett, this guy, um, Edward M. Bassett, is also known as the father of American zoning. So he's a rules guy. Fucking nerd, you know? What's his name? <laughs> Edward M. Bassett. That sounds like a legislation guy. Yeah, for you sure. I mean? like, that's not a boxer. No. That's a legislation guy. Yeah, yeah it's a nerd. He's yeah. still a yeah. dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about yeah. this, but a freeway is geared towards transportation or devoted to movement. Again, it means business, like let's just you know get to where we're going, right? Mm-hmm. He's quoted as saying, I suggest the name of freeway. This is, this is short and good Anglo-Saxon. Racist. Just kidding. It co- uh, connotes freedom from grade intersections and from private entranceways, stores, and factories. It will have no sidewalks and will be free from pedestrians. In general, it will allow a free flow of vehicular traffic. So naive. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's essentially, he's quoted as saying that. That was the idea. It's like, we're going to get rid of traffic. We're going to get rid of this like residential traffic that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. It probably worked really well in the 30s, 40s, whenever it was getting implemented. Well, we got a taste of that at the beginning cars. of the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. You could get it. all the way across LA in like five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like scary. Yeah. It was like Walking Dead shit. Like it was just, freeways were empty, dude. What do you it think so wild. a worse feeling, right? And, Obviously, this is a comedic take, but like, so what we have now is like the most freeways and the most connected thing in the world, and it still doesn't work. And like, you're just stuck. Like, what's more frustrating, that or if we only had a couple of them and it was so much traffic and we were we were all just like, why can't we just build more freeways? Yeah. Like, what do you think is more frustrating? Both I think what we have is worse. Stack them on top of each other. Northbound on top, southbound yeah. on the bottom. Right. And everybody has to look at it and just hate it. Yeah. And just concrete. For the I mean, like, maybe more options, but yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit, but like all these things, like while they're good intended, have consequences. You mm-hmm. know, it all has consequences, right? Whether we you know see them or not, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like we have like a good amount, like a good selection of roads, mm-hmm. and it still doesn't work, and it's really frustrating. I don't know. I mean. I feel like Waze app came out for that reason, like yeah. getting around. But nobody super... can solve traffic, man. Like, yeah. it's just a, a human thing, dude. We're just like too nosy, like rubbernecking, like, the, you know. I feel like, okay, obviously I'm only speaking about Los Angeles and kind of Orange County and SoCal, but there's like a line in the sand where the second you get that many people, it go, it just goes downhill really quick, and we're like 10 points past that line. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. For sure. Like it, it for the freeways to work here, it took the government to tell every single person to stay home other than quote essential workers, which granted at the time That's I was true. building a 
huge stadium for entertainment, so I was deemed essential, which is kind of crazy to me. But yeah, well, that's because they're ultimately for civilian use, and like we're going to use them to whatever extent we want to use them. You know, like you have right. to share it with everybody else. It's a, it's at the end of the day, it's a public road. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I had the answer to traffic. It's just like, oh, you know what I think the answer to traffic is? <laughs> Self-driving cars. I was going to say that <laughs> automation is going to have to, is yeah. probably going to alleviate a little bit. Yeah. When, like sensors, action. dude. Cars sensors are, and self-driving cars are what's yeah. going to stop traffic. They have to Public be able to talk to each other. That's the big thing. Well, but, and it's never going to happen until everyone's driving right a self-driven car yeah it's a self-driven option self-driven yeah self-driving yeah that sounds automated. weird that sounds like yourself is doing anyways you know what yeah. i mean i i'm excited and hang on i got another point i want to bring up but i'm excited for one i'm moving to a place with zero freeways it's uh-huh. only highways mm-hmm. granted and there's way less people the 15 like the only that's the main freeway or yeah that's probably even technically a highway through montana it's so interstate states, right? so the, obviously the interstate goes right uh, there's more interstates that go through Montana, gotcha. but the through Helena where I'm moving, mm-hmm. 15 goes right through. It. That's the capital. Right. Huh. But the other thing I wanted to bring up, and I'll make it really quick because I know it's not like all about freeways. But you said self driving. Here's a take that I've heard that's very interesting, and I brought it up on a podcast a while back. But like, so right now the whole thing is like, oh, we're gonna be able to get it to where like you can just sit back, you know, one day. Like this is a long ways away, but like the, the self driving is where you could just sit back and the car will do everything. Right. Right. That's a long ways away, no yeah, matter what. Super Tesla's long ways sell. away. Yeah, but here's here's another way to look at it, right? Is have all that tech, because but if you, so, you still drive even though it has all that tech, but it's uncrashable. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the Tesla is kind of doing that, isn't it? Like, in a very sensors to like kind of mitigate some. In a, yeah, in a very rough, like it's at the very infant stages of it, but. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? That'd be sweet. Yeah, no, for sure. The one thing too that I think is interesting, like I mean, Tesla for the most part, like, is like, I mean, I can, I, you can say it's self-driving already for the most part. Like, people are already like right. pretty hands off. But you have to account for everything too. You have to account for elements, right? You know, snow, rain, all that kind of stuff. So the, you know, while as sophisticated as these sensors are, they're not quite that sophisticated yet. That and so, what are humans and people? We're really good at actually like driving, like all the elements, like we can just see it and like you just barely turn the wheel, like you just kind of yeah. process that really quick. Um, but we're terrible at like, hey, sit here and nothing bad's gonna happen for ten hours, but be ready in case that point one percent something like be you got to be on point like a security guard, like stare at the screen and don't blink. Like right. people are ba- terrible at that, but a computer is perfect at that. Right. And they're terrible at like, hey, bring in everything. So that's where it comes back to the argument of like, it's great at like just being subdued and it's like actually like looking at everything, but you never know it's there and you drive. Right. And then when the one, you know what I mean? Because to sit there and like, yeah, I know it's a, it's a self-driving thing and you just like become complacent as a driver. And then the point one percent time where it doesn't read something and something bad happens. Right. You're supposed to just be ready to act. Yeah. Anyways, do your freeway bit. No, I know. <laughs> no, I know. It's all. It's all really interesting. No. You know, I just yeah. Well, we can talk for days about self-driving cars mm-hmm. and how stoked we are for them. But you know, I don't yeah. Know. Anyways, yeah. Let's stay on topic. So we're <laughs> going to talk about America's first highway, which is the National Road, also known as the Cumberland Road, built between 1811 and 1834. 
This is the first federally funded road in U.S. history. Hmm. It's about 820 miles long and cuts through Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. It's connect. It connects the Potomac, Potomac, mm-hmm. Potomac. I don't know Potomac. Yeah. Potomac and Ohio rivers. George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were both on the same page when it came to like they believed that a Trans Appalachian Road was necessary to unify the country. Yes. So they needed something that went west. Mm-hmm. When right? was what years were that? It was built between. I think they started it in 1811, and oh, then wow. was like finalized and or done in 1834. Right. It's mm-hmm. pretty early. Yeah, that's what I I was assuming 1911. Yeah, you know what I Cons- mean. Just considering, I mean, cars, but free, I'm sure freeways were used with buggies and horses. And- yeah. Right. Well, and then one thing I didn't, I was I looked into it. There's like the King's Road, which that's was the, that's the California. Or the West Coast, right? No, I think the Kings Road, the one I think there's a couple. Oh, there's King's one. I think, I think I might be the Kings Highway actually that I'm thinking of too. El Camino Real. No, well, there's that too. That's essentially the five yeah. parts of the 101, right? Yeah. Um, hmm. no, but the Kings Highway, I don't know enough about it. I'm kind of speaking out of context. I'm quoting literally the movie The Patriot <laughs> when I talk about the Kings <laughs> Highway. Like this is the Kings Highway. Point being is like roads have been used for like as long as there have been wheels. You know what I mean? So like, you know, like if you want to really get into the history of like freeways, you can go way far back, but we're just going to start at 1811. (laughs) It's just a dirt road, but the government is the one who like cleared it out to make it a dirt road. Exactly. Um, The opening of the national road saw thousands of travelers that would settle in the Ohio river Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, Naturally towns developed along the national road as population started to increase and you saw this with railroads as as well, right? Like, yeah. um, it's like known that like saloons would pop up as uh, random parts of the railroad, like you know, popular stops and whatnot, right? Right. Like same idea with the national road. These towns that were created, they contained taverns, blacksmiths, livery stables, and in addition to that, um, there were like businesses that started to develop, like stagecoach lines. Um, there was like steamboat building, river freight hauling, the whole the whole bit. The most important of these businesses were taverns. People are just popping up taverns left and right. It's estimated that there was a tavern for every mile of road. So people just popping up taverns so people can chug beers and rest and do all that good stuff. Everybody's you know? just hammered all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. This is where like junk driving started. Yeah, you right? <laughs> like I've had a few too many. Imagine where it's like, you know when you are driving... And this is in an area that we live in in SoCal where there's so many people, right? And you're driving and you think you see a guy that's drunk and you're like, oh my gosh, there he is. Like, should we call somebody? So imagine back then where it just got to be the point where like a lot of people had buggies <laughs> and stuff, but everybody was hammered. Yeah. So you just like watch, like everybody in lane three is hammered. You know what I mean? Like everybody on the road is just drunk, dude. Yeah. Like well, it's not even a thing. They're literally like horse-drawn wagons. Like how drunk dude. do you have to be to be swerving a horse-drawn wagon like across both like lanes or whatever? I would say <laughs> a guy like knocked out like asleep. Right. Buggy and the horses are just going dead straight. Yeah. Dude. Self-driving. That's how you know they're too drunk to drive. They're knocked out in the right. driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> All right, well, development of technology changed the way that people traveled, right? So we're referencing the railroad again. Specifically, the Pennsylvania Railroad was ultimately the end of the National Road. And the decrease in traffic naturally just caused, like, all the taverns to close and things of that nature. 
I guess tale as old as time, right? There's technology and technology is a great thing for advancing, you know, the way we live and the way we, you know, operate and whatnot. But right. it always comes with some sort of cost. In this case, like these businesses are closing and whatnot, you know, right. and that's because of the railroad. I, I wanted to actually do a segment on the railroad, too, but I just figured let's keep it more well, highway specific. Timeline you know? wise, where are you at now? Like what years? That I mean, that was like just the early 1800s um i mean when i don't know i I should i should have probably checked when the railroads became a thing but i want to say it was like 1850s were the railroads right right at least in like the west coast i know like yeah i think it was i want to say it was like mid 19th century i could be wrong so it was a pretty short-lived like road at least this road was Seems what do you like yeah. what do you think was a bigger thing like made a bigger impact on society right the railroads you know way back when um because literally other than railroads you just had horses at that point yeah but then it was like all of a sudden we can carry a massive amount of product or material whatever across you know whatever or you know and i'm sure you'll get to it like eisenhower with the interstate system and all that kind of stuff like what do you think made a bigger thing you know uh, I mean? like had a bigger impact right because like okay obviously the interstate thing and you know i might be jumping the gun because i know you're gonna get to it but uh no i have an opinion on this i think like that is everybody being able to travel but you know people were more mobile i, I would say like there was still already cars so it's like it's a big jump but is it as big of a jump as like everybody's on a horse and then all of a sudden now we have a whole railroad system Do you know well I, I think mean? i mean that was the first time where like the country became accessible, I would say. So by the time like Eisenhower did the freeways and I don't think I'm really spoiling anything, but like, you know, you had access to the country at that point. Right. I think, you know, the interstate system coupling with like the accessibility of automobiles and all of that kind of stuff, like further decreased that. But the railroad was pretty significant from what I understand. What do you think if we were to lose one now, what would make a bigger impact if we had no more railroads here today and then like no more interstate like roads? Yeah. But like the big national interstate. So, oh, now like today. Yeah. Oh, we'd be screwed if we had no freeways because um, from like logistics and and businesses and like even like retail, like, you know, you got to get that shit to the see that store somehow. Right. So that's truckers. Big deal. Right. And Mm -hmm. then obviously everybody wants to drive everywhere. So truckers is a huge thing. But I would say the best way to get like a huge ton of stuff across land is still the railroad, dude. Uh, Yeah, potentially. I don't know. Like because you can have one train pull what would take like 150 trucks. Yeah, but you you have more limited railroads like there's I would say there's less railroads. So it's, you know, not as accessible. Dude, I know everything yeah okay dude we're just if we're gonna debate bro we're gonna debate no, all I'm, right? just, I'm just bringing it up yeah <laughs> no i i don't know i mean that's a good question i think it's a really a great way to look at it right i never thought about that really it's that, to me it's the cargo ship of the land the train yeah because yeah. you could just pack a ton of stuff on it and it might take a while to get there but it's a ton of stuff there's gotta a truck. be the thing is like it's with railroads it's kind of like a like port to port kind of thing you know you can get to mm-hmm. la to chicago right but, you know, maybe not some spots right. in Colorado, New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, there are railroads everywhere. Well, and but. then there's certain things that I think have to travel through railroad. I would, I would imagine things that, like, hit a certain, like, weight limit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you really yeah. can't transport through 
right. trucks as efficiently. The truck is step yeah. two, I would say. Like you said, you get it all the way across to whatever checkpoint, and then it's truck to the last, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on to the next road? I think so. I think we right, cool. squeeze that out. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> we squeeze that one out. Um, so this next one's more popular, and you can probably guess what it is. I mean, it's like the most popular route in America. With a 10 or the 40? Route 66. Route 66, 66 bro. Oh, Steven's on it. In the future You're already. too narrow-minded, bro. <laughs> like way... your way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Everyone knows what that is. Um, so U.S. Route 66, a.k.a. Will Rogers Highway, a.k.a. Main Street of America, a.k.a. Mother Road. You can, Mother Road, you can call it whichever name. one. It identifies as all three. One of the original highways. It's one of the original highways. In the U.S. highway system, it was established on November 11th, 1926. Hmm. It originally ran from Chicago, Illinois, through Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and ended in Santa Monica, California, covering a total of 2,448 miles. Yeah. Most of it's still there, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more historic. I think it's actually technically been decommissioned. So I think it's more of just like a historic landmark type they're, thing. They're not like keeping up with maintenance and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like right over the hill, you can like technically still drive it mm-hmm. in like Glendora and stuff. I've been on parts, but I, th- I think like the whole, like as a whole, there's like, I don't know, there's some spots. Or... It, it went through a lot. It was rerouted a couple times. I didn't like include all that in here, but I just know from like reading it was rerouted. Pieces of it have been like decommissioned. Some of it's been destroyed, but a lot of it's been preserved. You can still like I think take a road trip and hit all these like iconic spots and whatnot. Right. But what a weird time to like just the minds like right now we were talking about or, you know earlier in the podcast we we're talking about traffic and you know what's frustrating and how to make them better. But to be in a time where it was uh, there's not even a road to there. So you're just like, like, imagine me like, yeah, we want to head out west. We don't, know how, we don't know how we're going to do it. And they're like, they're building that new road that goes out there. Like, you just take the new road. You're like, sick. Now they built a road. Like, now we can do it. Yeah. Like, now you don't think like, you know, you pull up your maps where it's like, all right, what's the best road to get there? Mm-hmm. But before it was like, is there a road to there? Yeah. I always think about. Right. You just always, figure it out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Living in SoCal, there's like Big Bear. I always think of like the construction of that road and having yeah. to plan that through like a mountain for yeah. real. And someone yeah. had to build that yep. and then like find the most efficient way to like sidewinder up this mountain, mm-hmm. you know, same thing with like all of America. We had to do that. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's pretty crazy. And being in construction and just, you know, there's a lot of, especially back then, a lot of ego and masculinity or whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah. You know, there's some, there's one asshole. that's like, let's just blow right through the mountain. Let's just do a straight shot. Yeah, save everybody time. And Tunnels, then there's the baby. other guy that's like, Hey Tom, we can't do that. Like we need to go all the way around this. Like, you know what I mean? A little and more conservative. Who was the guy that's yeah. like, we're yeah. going to blow through part of it, but not all of it. And this is the best way. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who's making those calls? This is safe. This is safe to blow a tunnel through this part of the mountain. As opposed to it not being safe. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those jobs didn't exist back then. I'm sure people were just kind of mm-hmm. winging it. <laughs> just man. winging just like, it, dude. I right. think it'll work. Yeah. Right. Let's give it a try. Yeah. yeah. Like, my, my life is on the line, but, you know, it's all good. There, yeah, there is no, like, this is the formula to figure that out. It's no. It's like, let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. No. A lot of trial and error. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure, <laughs> dude. Um, well, yeah, was there like I don't want to I don't want to drive on that road. You know what I mean? Like the first one that went through a mountain or something. You're like, I, I feel like there's still roads that I don't want to drive through. Yeah, I feel like so, the roads uh, are more sketchy now than they were probably in their inception. You know, like 
Inception? That's not the right word. Conception? Yeah. Inception? Conception. Conception? Like you conceive a road. Yeah, you know what I mean. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) We're smart. That's what people love, dude. This is history for dumbasses. (laughs) Um, That's kind of what I'm going for, honestly, but you know, whatever. I came into this room with a lot of confidence. I'm not leaving (laughs) with it. Uh, All right, so back to Route 66. So its, its history can actually be traced back to 1857 to a man named Lieutenant Edward Fitzgerald Beale. He was tasked with building a government funded wagon road along the 35th parallel. And so for the nerds out there, what that means is like the the 35th parallel is a circle of latitude that's 35 degrees north of the Earth's equatorial plane. Hmm. So in case you guys are wondering, that's what that is. He was tasked with building a road along that 35th parallel. Now we're going to take a brief left turn here because I find this really interesting. This is just something that I kind of unearthed as part of the research. His second goal or his second task, Bill's second objective, if you will, was to test the feasibility of using camels in World War One, and he was testing that feasibility in the Southwest Desert. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. makes sense. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Make that a theory. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm going to kind of spit all this because I didn't write it down. They, like, got these camels from, like, Egypt or whatever. I don't we're, know where they got where the camels. Where camels are... From the zoo, camel where camel, yeah, from yeah. from uh, from San Diego Zoo, yeah. mm-hmm. no, from wherever camels are from, and they uh, <laughs> they basically were testing their, again feasibility for use in World War One. So like how well they can pack shit in, pack shit out, right? Pretty interesting. Yeah, um, the reports were all good. They were like, "Yo, I think we should use camels." <laughs> really, that and makes it, sense to me. Yeah, I mean, this your World best War, option. Yeah, yeah this is your <laughs> best like option. Through the desert. I don't know. Well, he said something like, I would take one camel over, like, four mules or something like that. Uh. Like, mules were dropping like flies. They couldn't hack it, dude. But these camels were just, and they're known for that anyways. Mm-hmm. They could just go and go and go. They Anyways, they decided to opt against the camels for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why. And But imagine if they didn't, dude. And, like, California could be full of camels right now. That would be sick. That would be a massively different place to live. Yeah. The United yeah. States could be full of camels in like all the <laughs> southwestern desert. I feel like that traffic would still be an issue. Imagine wild camels. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Traffic would still be an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Anyways, back yeah, to Route 66. That'd be, that'd be funny if like camels were as, as uh, commonplace yeah. as like horses in America. Be well, like, but horses weren't even native to America, right? Uh, or didn't they come from Spain? Well, the Native Americans were cruising around on horses after the white folk got here really i think so you can fact check me on that but i'm pretty sure and i don't know (laughs) there are horses in that show so (laughs) anyways chad's gonna fact check that and we're gonna keep going okay so let's fast forward a bit let's say 1925 ish we're we're back at Route 66. If we kind of, if we kind of lost you for a second, um, Cyrus Avery and John Woodruff were the inspiration behind the road. They imagined a super highway that would connect Chicago to Los Angeles and bring industry from the east to the west. And that's another like common theme with like roads and highways. Like that's all about like like economic benefit and access to goods or like you know expanding industry, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense, right? right? Um, this highway would also connect the main roads of rural and urban communities. And for a, a lot of people, this was like their first access to any major road. Mm-hmm. You know, like imagine some like Oki, like Oki, Oki town, like no access to a major highway. And all of a sudden they have like Route 66. They're you really know? pissed. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn new technologies. <laughs> right. Like it the way it was. Yeah, probably. You're probably, probably thought it was right. Be a fad. Like, yeah, that'll yeah. go. That's not gonna stick. Freeways aren't gonna last. They're not gonna last. From what I understand, though, and and what I kind of saw in my research too, is that Route 66 consisted of like three main highways. So there was like already three that were already built. Hmm. And based on that, like, I think what they did was they kind of like joined the rest together to create this like super highway. Right. That I mentioned earlier. Route 66 was also one of the primary routes used during the Dust Bowl to migrate west in the 1930s. So on that note, like during the, the uh, sorry, the Depression, the road symbolized opportunity for those that were in search of jobs. Right. They would just go to the west and search for jobs. This is actually like a, it's a symbol for opportunity um, in the book Grapes of Wrath. Okay. That's what Route 66 is. Interesting. So again, connecting or um, economic growth is kind of symboli- um, symbolic with roads. And then opportunity is another kind of like, you know. Yeah. More symbolism. I like that. Yeah. I feel like such a wimp. I'm like, hey, I'm driving 18 hours. That's crazy. I'm leaving here. And like they're like, we don't know if we're going to make it. Uh, probably half our family will die on the way there. And you know what? But we're searching for a better life. They just hop in their jalopy right. and and everybody on Route sixty six is hammered. All yeah, the way. they're all drunk. Yeah, unlike moonshine, like the hard stuff. Yeah, um, naturally, there were lots of businesses and industries that thrived on the road due to its early popularity. Um, and now we're going to get into the decline. So, as mentioned, Route sixty six right was one of the original highways of the U.S. numbered highway system which is an integrated network of roads and highways numbered within a nationwide grid throughout the entire United States. So there's, you know, it's been thought out. It's been planned for the most part, these like numbered highways, right? Right. The decline started in 1956 with what we're going to talk about next, which is with the Interstate Highway Act. So this led to more sophisticated and direct highways, many of which are now what we consider freeways. These freeways bypass a lot of the towns that were once thriving along the highway, and Route 66 essentially became obsolete. Hmm. So that kind of brings us, doesn't bring us to modern day. We still have a little bit of history to go through, but essentially what we're going to be talking about next, the Interstate Highway Act, is what was the end of Route 66. Which mm-hmm. came on literally because of the war, correct? Not because of the war, but he wanted, from my understanding, he wanted it to be... Uh, useful to be like if i need to get troops and whatever like across the country because of world war ii i believe right yes and actually we're gonna get to that right now sorry to jump the gun no 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 no, you're good i like when people are on the ball because it you know it helps right uh there's a couple of myths to that too that we're gonna right that's what i said <laughs> uh right there's a couple of myths to that too that we're going to address with like the interstate system and whatnot um but before i do that one additional problem with the highway system was that there was no standard for building roads that was consistent across the country. Mm -hmm. So they needed a way to kind of take a stab at like standardization. And that was this act as well. Like Mm. before that, it was like they're, they've always been considered or a lot of them have been considered like federal, but they've always been managed by the state. Even today, that's kind of how uh, the interstate system works. Right. They're federal roads, which probably just means like, I don't know. I, I imagine like your government, like having like, access to them in like the time of crisis right mm-hmm. i mean good luck with all the anyways but um but they've <laughs> always been LA. <laughs> yeah but they've always been again managed by the state it's interesting. yeah so that brings us to the interstate highway act 
So signed by President Dwight D. Eisenhower in 1956, he was influenced by his experiences in 1919 as an Army officer. Before we get into that, we're going to talk about a couple myths. Like, one myth about the freeway system is that one in five miles are straight for planes to land on in emergency. Have you heard that myth before? No. No, I don't think so. So every, like, yeah, one in five miles is built, like, straight so that a plane can land in case of emergency. I've never heard that. That's a myth. Really? You probably don't need five miles to land a plane. Or just within every five miles, there's one mile. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So a mile, even still, you don't need a, I don't think you need a mile even. A mile, But um, that's a myth. That's actually not true. A lot of people, I've heard that kind of spit out before. People think that. I love how we're like, no, we haven't heard of it, but that really makes a lot of sense. And you're like, well, yeah, but that's not true. That's not the it's way it's actually not true. <laughs> um, I want it to be real. the The reason why people think it's real is because planes have used yeah. the freeways to land in case of, or highways to land in case of an emergency. Yeah. But that's not what they were built for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, another myth. So Eisenhower did not conceive the act. Um, you know, and I think with like the history that we talked about, we kind of know that. Like he didn't invent the idea of like an interstate system, right? Hmm. Um, He just signed the bill, which makes sense. Um, The freeways were not built in the event of a nuclear attack. That's another common thing. So like in the event that we ever got bombed by whoever. An easy out? Yeah, like an easy, yeah, like an easy exit route. That's Mm -hmm. what people thought it was for. Um, But it was never really about that. I imagine though that like it probably... um, it was probably used like propaganda yeah. in order to kind of get buy-in from yeah. civilians. Taxpayers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. yeah. From taxpayers and whatnot. It's like, well, we need this, you know, but it was never written into the bill that like, we need this for the event of a nuclear attack. That gotcha. must've been a massive, I mean, I'm not trying to like pick a side. We couldn't agree on to like build a wall along the Southern border. Imagine like we're going to build a road that connects the entire, like roads that connect everything. Like a lot of people were probably like, why, why are we spending, you know what I mean? Like that must've divided a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, well, I mean, with all those myths, like what it was for is, I mean, it was always about like, again, economy and for civilian use and needs and congestion relief, you know? Um, but yeah, it would take a lot of buy-in to, Dude, that's a to implement a national system. We're going to talk a little bit about what like the proposal was, hmm. um, and it you know caused a lot of displacement, which we're going to get into as well. Um, now that being said, I think I mentioned this already, but he he did see the importance of like from a national defense standpoint. So the ability again to move your military across the country, as Stephen you mentioned before. Yeah. So not in the event of a nuclear attack. But in the event that we need to easily move our military from one yeah. side of the country to the other. Easy mobilization. Right. Exactly. For a little context, in 1919, Eisenhower crossed the country in a truck convoy on the Lincoln Highway. This was, I think, a highway that went all the way across the United States. The goal of this convoy was to determine the difficulties that military vehicles would have crossing the country. So they literally just sent him out. With this convoy to say like, hey, is this, again, is this feasible? (laughs) You know, can we do this? They encountered old (laughs) roads and bridges, ruts, pits, the whole, the whole nine, right? It took them 62 days to travel 3,200 miles across the country. Wow. Pretty wild. Um, And it was this experience that essentially, you know, got him to consider the importance of a good two lane highway. So that's essentially what led to it. 
Okay. Hmm. He was also inspired by Germany's Autobahn and its role as a national defense system. The Germans were ahead of their time, man. They had all this stuff figured out already. Yeah. Engineering know? is yeah. pretty top notch in Germany. Yep. I imagine too, like, um, for the right reasons, most of the time. Most, most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As in every. <laughs> no, but I imagine just like comparing like Europe to America. I mean, America's massive, dude. Like, it'd yeah. be so hard to like again bite that off and you know just go for it. Yeah. It, Justify it. Yeah. People to pay for that as well. It wasn't till I was, and I'll be honest with you, it wasn't as long ago as it should have been that I realized that. Uh, you know, like if you were overlay Texas, like over European countries, like that's you don't really realize how big we are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. Like somebody in Louisiana, I'm the same nationality as them, and they're way. way different than me in yeah. a lot of different ways. Like how they grew up, just culture, like everything. You know, and I'm and, not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying and like, for the most part, they all speak the same language. Where in like Europe, there's like right the next country over speaks like. Right, mm-hmm. the different language, just depending different on currency. Yeah, oh, it's it's wild over there, dude. Yeah, and speak how, like six different languages. Were plus back then the world wasn't as connected, so it's like, how did we even find out that they were that they built and had that system? And then how much did we look into that? Oh, it was probably. Um, I think it was something like Eisenhower served on like a war council. So, I mean, he, I think he served in World War II or something. He, I think he was actually done by then, but he was serving on some sort of council, some sort of, like, board. Right. And so he probably traveled the world and saw the Autobahn and then was inspired by that. Because what's crazy is, like, granted, I'm a car guy, and this kind of ties in, but, like, a lot of the cars of the period and for, like, well past it, you'd have a car, you know, and, like, we, we talked about how European countries are so close to each other. It's like... This is a French car, and it's so different the way they did it, like, literally on the other side of the mountain ranges. Yeah. Because they didn't, like, know, like, oh, yeah, they're doing that over there. Like, it was so disconnected. And then here we are, like, well, they're building a whole road system in Germany. Let's do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of really shows you that even back then, I guess, that well, America and specifically, had eyes on stuff. Yeah. Specifically for national defense, too. Like, that's what's right. wild to me. Like, they saw the importance of easy right. transportation, which yeah. I think was interesting. America naturally turned it into like economy, yeah. you know, and like we need to have a thriving economy and connect consumers to goods and all this type of shit, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, and then like national defense was kind of like second, right? you know? Right. Um, but yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, Eisenhower appointed general Lucius D clay to propose an interstate plan. And clay stated, and I quote, it was evident we needed better highways. We needed them for safety to accommodate more automobiles. We needed them for defense purposes, if that should ever be necessary. And we needed them for the economy, not just as a public works measure, but for future growth, end quote. Hmm. So again, very much state, like, you know, kind of like a two-pronged attack, national defense and economy and growth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which I never thought about that way. I had always kind of like known about the military thing or national defense side of it and some of the myths. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really thought about it from an economy standpoint. And it makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. The plan that um, Lucius's, Lucius's, I like to call him Lucius. Um, but the plan that his committee proposed was a 10 year, $100 billion plan um, that would build 40,000 miles of divided highways connecting cities with populations greater than 50,000 people. So that was the initial plan. $100 billion 
in today's money is like three and a half tanks of gas. So you figure back <laughs> yeah. then it was a lot, dude. Yeah, it's a lot more uh, gas back then. Yeah, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, back then it was a that was a shit ton of money, dude. dude. That was no joke. I think, I think I know what point you were trying to make. Yeah, where people and making that, five dollars a, lot a day of money. was like you're killing it. Yeah, and they're paying a hundred. Dude, try like dollars. yeah, fifty cents a day. Uh, right. Yeah, it was wild. And this is also where like way less taxation, so the government also has way less income. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no income tax. There is no, like, all that stuff is not taking place yet. Yeah, it's and that's, big it's interesting. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about, like, very briefly about the, the taxes that they implemented to, to build the roads in California, but we're getting there. Um, according to Eisenhower, the interstate highways would also eliminate unsafe roads, inefficient routes, and traffic jams, which, again, just cue, cue laughter. A couple fun facts about the interstate system. Three states claim to have the title of the first interstate highway. Hmm. Yep. Missouri, Kansas, and Pennsylvania. Hmm. Missouri mm-hmm. and Kansas, I could see them kind of fighting for the title, but Pennsylvania's on the other. Maybe they just like started on the opposite sides and came. Huh. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I actually, I wrote it down. but <laughs> They weren't like calling each other like, hey, I did it. I did it first. Right. Yeah. Booker. It's all kind of, yeah, one of those things. It's like it's like technicalities. Like Missouri, right. for example, the first three contracts were signed under the new program. Yeah. So they're like, you know, right. we get it. There's a picture with a guy in a suit and a brand new hard hat with a brand new shovel in the ground. Time stamped. And he's like, we're building this. And that's the <laughs> yeah. only, like, that's where he gets the only callus on his hands. Yeah, they hand <laughs> wrote one shovel full of dirt. They hand wrote the date on it. Um, but yeah. so they started building US 40 on August 13th, 1956. Kansas um, claims that they were the first to start paving after the act was signed. So they put a pavement, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, you know, technicalities, they, right. they matter. Those details matter. On paper or like on the ground? Yeah. Uh, yeah. IRL. So they started paving on September 26th, 1956, and claim that their portion of I 70 was completed first. So I mean I don't know I mean completed. So, uh, they completed first. They completed their portion of I seventy. So Missouri's going for paved first. No, no, that's Can- Kansas. Missouri, Kansas paved first. Missouri has signed the papers first. So everybody yeah. kind of wins on that one. They're kind of just competing for different. Well, you want to hear Pennsylvania's or no? Oh, yeah. I thought that was. Well, there's third one how, more. This this might seem mean, but how lame is your state if that's what you're arguing over? It's like what's cool about your state. <laughs> First you know, like we you have nothing first. else that's cool about your state like no we did it first <laughs> we laid asphalt <laughs> yeah. so pennsylvania with with the pennsylvania turnpike um is actually nicknamed the grandfather of the interstate system um this was built in 1940 and sections of it are now part of i-70 so they cheated they're just like well we built this road in you know 1940 and now it's used as part of i-70 so technically you know, Cheating. like I said, I mean, it's Cheating. all right. of it. Yeah. You think yeah, anybody Pennsylvania is out of the race? Yeah, they suck. Um, I'm going I Kansas. Do, I don't know, man. I think. Yeah. The, the paperwork. Mm. like, yeah, dude. I, I mean, Tech Missouri started building first. They started on August 13th, 1956. They just didn't put pavement down. See, once it's got to manifest itself in the physical realm now. Yeah, what do you care know, more about? I have the first road or I have the first contract? We're talking about the road. But they also started building. That's the, what, like the highway. That's what I'm saying. 
Like Kansas did. Is pavement what makes it a road? First of all, I never thought I'd be arguing about this. But also, (laughs) paving the road, I think, is the road. It makes it a little more official. Right. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Milestones. So some significant milestones of the interstate highway system. 1974, Nebraska is the first state to complete all of its mainline interstate highways. Go Nebraska. Yay. Uh, also, 1974. <laughs> Chad, I just give him nothing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I got you, no look, you hung up there for a second. Yeah. And we all just stared at you. Yeah, I was trying to think of a team, but I don't know any Nebraska. Um, but also, like 1974, right? The original proposal was 10 years. This is like way after that. 74, they had them all, all in. Yeah, Nebraska said? completed every like main highway by 1974. Oh, just Nebraska finished. Just Nebraska. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think Lucy has bit off a little more than you can chew, eh? Well, I think California is just going to be, like, eternally finishing their systems. Oh, yeah. We're not done yet, I don't think. 1979, Interstate 5, a.k.a. I-5, a.k.a. The 5, if you're from California, was completed. And this highway connects Canada to Mexico. I didn't know that it went that far. Mm -hmm. You can take it, yeah. I knew it went through Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know it connected, basically, the two countries. Yes. That's pretty. That's a, true. That's a pretty big road. It's like Vancouver to San Diego. It's like San, or TUJ, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I didn't look at the sti- the the uh, cities, but yeah, it goes pretty far. Hmm. Nineteen eighty six, the final section of I eighty is completed. This is a coast to coast highway from Atlantic to Pacific, from San Francisco to Teaneck, New Jersey. Wow! Didn't know that either. And then in 1990, the final section of I-10 is built in Arizona. I-10 runs from Santa Monica to Jacksonville, Florida. So we got some cross-country highways here. I didn't even know they went that far. There's options. Yeah. There's options, dude. What do you think is more impressive? The fact that like just the, you know, the manpower of building it and it's just such a massive undertaking to build it? Or just the uh, coordination with all the legislation? Because it's going through all of those states. Do you know what I mean? Like... Nobody can agree on anything in politics mm. and to like build that continuously. Like a road can't be non-continuous. It has Dude, to all I mean, work. I mean, this might not be a good comparison, but I've worked at a couple startups and it's like getting people all on the same page. Yeah, is like, it's impossible, dude. Like the companies that are like mass, like, you know, right. Like the apples of the world. I don't know how they do it, man. Some OCD ass people up in there. Cause it's hard, dude. It's hard to stay organized. Yeah. And get everybody on the same page and then make sure that everything's impacted by whatever process you implement is like updated. Dude, it's a right. lot of work. And you know? as we already heard by the brilliant argument that we had about Kansas, Nebraska and, uh, you know, the Pennsylvania or whatever. Don't mm-hmm. even or Pennsylvania. What I'm saying is that like a lot of people want to put their stamp on it. So they'll be like, let's change this so that the guy can be like, well, I invented that. Like there's a lot of ego in building. Oh, yeah. So you got it can't be like, look at this guy designed this. So let's just do this from Santa Monica to Florida. It's like everybody wants their ego. They want their stamp on it. They like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's more impressive that we got it done versus like actually just building it. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like back then though, in the fifties, it was just like, get shit done. Like the people that were working on it were like the people that were coming out of like world war two and like could actually like cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I might be super wrong here and we can definitely edit this out, but I know with like the railroad system, there was a lot of like, Chinese and Japanese immigrant yeah. workers mm-hmm. on it. I don't know. Was that the same with the freeways? Ooh, that's a good, probably, I would say no. 
Um, I mean, I'm sure there were immigrants that worked on the freeways. But uh, I would say no because um, at that point in time, like, you had a really, like, thriving economy after the war. Yeah. And this probably just created more jobs for Americans. So I I can't imagine that it was like, you know, we leveraged the same labor that we did back then. And I would say that at that point, there's companies that are like, we build roads. Like, that's what we do. Right. You know, and it wasn't like the roads were just now being built. Capitalism. This company builds roads. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like tradesmen for that. I think I think you're I think we're probably right. You're totally right. I was thinking of like the like internment camps in like the 1850s, which is way ahead of this time. I'm glad we were like Japanese. Owens Valley. Yeah. Dude, that was like that was World War Two. It was that late. It was like the 40s. Ah, okay. Yeah. There's a possibility there's some of those fools on this shit, you know? Could Yeah, they could have potentially utilized it. I don't know. I mean, it came after 56. Anyway. Anyways, let's get back to topic, or on topic. We're going to talk about California a little bit, because California is essentially the, bl- the blueprint or the roadmap. <laughs> Stay on topic a little bit. For the rest of America. Um, California's population grew from 6.9 million. Nice. Uh, to in 1940 to 10.6 million in 1950. That's wow. that's a pretty significant increase, um, and that was following World War II. But roads weren't up upgraded to accommodate this growing population, right? And this was because of like scarce taxes during the Great Depression. So you know, obviously, government's cutting cutting everyone a break after the Great Depression, <laughs> and then obviously we were we were prioritizing you know the war effort. So we're behind on roads to accommodate the the boom in population. Right. Sounds pretty similar to now. But now it's the 50s. So, you know, we got time. We got, I mean, there's a couple other wars going on. But, you know, for the most part, we're we're skating, you know. Guys are drinking whiskey every day at work and yeah. going home and smacking their wives. It yeah. Was, they have, like, what a crazy time. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the horizon now. They have a <laughs> They have a whole second family in another state. It's like, where is he moving, Montana? Oh, right on brand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. Oh, dude, that's a funny joke. I'll oh. laugh at that all day. <laughs> um, the Collier Burns Act of 1947, what this did was it raised tax on gasoline yeah. and other motor vehicle taxes to create revenue for highway construction. Balmy blazer. <laughs> Sweet. So originally, like Eisenhower's idea for the interstate system was to build toll roads. So the interstate system would have been just like full of tolls. Mm-hmm. And that's how they would have paid for, right. probably repaid themselves. Yeah. Um, Pretty quick, probably. Right. But because California was so large and ahead of the game, right, they started this uh, Collier Burns Act, right? Um, its tax model seemed to work. And so the toll thing was just kind of dropped. Thank God. Yeah. Imagine, dude. Like just... New Jersey's that way. New Jersey's like full of toll roads. It'd be annoying. Mm-hmm. It'd be yeah, that'd be annoying. Um, but what the Collier Burns Act did was it essentially solidified California as a model of public policy and planning, which is not it's, it's not really that way now. But anyways, I digress. And so the interstate highway system that we know today was again mostly federal, federally, uh, federally funded, um, but raised additional revenue through taxes rather than tolls so again we could see it completely different had california not kind of like led the charge right um and you know applied taxes to gas and built built its highways right um which yeah i mean say what you want about taxes like yeah like a lot of tax money doesn't go to what it's intended to but back then it was you know yeah 
you know, it was a proper use of tax money. Anyways, so I think that's kind of cool. They kind of led the way for the rest of America. As funding increased and progress was made, the interstate highways received some pushback. Naturally, right? These things are naturally going to have any good thing, not any good thing, any big thing, any like innovative thing is going to be some pushback. So expensive that, things. Expensive things, right? Yeah. And that's going to like, that leads us to controversy, right? Again, naturally there's going to be controversy. Well, real quick, I just heard this, I think yesterday, I think it was Mark Twain. He said, I love progress, but I hate change. Do you know what I mean? That's a good quote. Which right. is like, yeah, which is everyone, literally. Right. So it's, yeah. Um, Anyways, just want to... Please don't cut that out. No, no. <laughs> I like that one. I'll keep that one, Stephen. <laughs> that was very on brand. Good Thank job. Um, so the planning of the highway system did not include any urban planners. In fact, like urban planning wasn't even a profession. Or I mean, it might have been, but it wasn't, you know, there weren't a lot of urban planners at this time. Right. Engineers dominated the decision making when it came to the plans. The interstate highways were always built and designed to get people from A to B with little consideration of like how, you know, like how a highway might impact urban communities. Mm-hmm. They didn't really give a shit. It was just like, let's just see how we get from A to B right. or how efficiently we can get from A to B. Initially, there were lots of revolts or like literally literally called freeway revolts when it came to the construction of freeways. And this is because of like the fear of displacement. Or, you know, people losing their homes entirely. Um, like, you know, essentially, like, we appreciate your concern, but <laughs> right. we're going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> they probably had, like, their properties, like, bulldozed through, you know, to kind of make some of these highways. I would be bad. I don't yeah. blame them for being mad. We're actually going to, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I might lead you into this. My buddy, Danny Gonzalez, I don't know if you guys know him, but uh, he's a surveyor, union surveyor, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm going to butcher the hell out of this. But basically, like if you buy a home in L.A., for the most part, and again, I don't know all the stipulations, but a lot of the time you don't you think like, oh, yeah, like this is my land. He goes, you only own like the land from like five feet below or something like that. And you don't. Like there's different zones. So you think like this is my land and all the way to the sky is mine, you know, other than air traffic or whatever. But he said that that's how, like, when they expand a freeway and stuff, that's how they get you. Like, now this is actually government land underneath. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's it's not just like one dimensional. Like, well, I own this land. Like, there's it's just the dirt on top of their land. Like, it's kind of fucked. He was describing it to me. He's like, that's how they expand freeways. And like, I mean, obviously they'll pay for your house, well, or whatever. But like, that's how they push people out. And well, stuff. yeah, and it's like this ever. It's uh the term I think is like eminent domain. Isn't that a thing where it's like the government can basically take. Um, any like private property and reuse it for or you know repurpose it for um for the public essentially yeah. i think that's what eminent domain means um but yeah um so yeah people were afraid of displacement the official plans around like the the interstate highway system dictated that many of the highways cut straight through the core of every major city so this would allow commuters from the suburbs to travel in and out of cities but it would also suck for residents that are, you know, in the pathway of construction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so now we're going to talk about a couple cities in particular um, where we're going to start with Boyle Heights. Hmm. Interesting little, little history here that I, I thought I found about uh Boyle Heights. I thought was interesting. Um, Boyle Heights is basically where the five, the 10, the 60 and the one one freeways all intersect. We've probably all driven that. Yep. Right. It's estimated that in that, 
stretch of freeway or that, you know, those, those, all those intersections right there, that 2.4 million vehicles pass through this part of LA on a given day. I yeah, believe I believe it. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's why, I mean, that's probably most freeways, but 2.4 million is a lot, man. Well, there's, what is it, like 23 million in LA alone, LA County or something? The population, like you yes. mean, or cars? Population. Yeah, I don't Something know. like that, right? Up there. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, and that's what's crazy. Like, even like, um, like New York is one of the most like highly populated states because of New York City. Right. Like the rest of New York is like, there's. It was a couple years ago when it happened. Three point nine. That's it. Yeah. For LA City. Okay. Well, regardless, it's gonna make a point. Do New York real quick. Uh, a couple years ago, Montana for the first time crossed a million in the whole state. <laughs> oh wow! And it's not a tiny state. Like right. I'm kind of. I'm excited to be around nobody. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just no, excited. that'll be cool. New York is 8.4. Yeah. yeah. They got a lot of high rises and pack people in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's cool. wild. Right. Um, Boyle also, Heights. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Real quick. There were horses that actually, in the evolutionary process, um, hold on. Let me just Talking about the Native so there were There so were horses in America. This. There were horses in America originally evolved in North America, but became in, uh, extinct about eight thousand to twelve thousand years ago. Columbus brought them back from Spain. That was actually my theory too: was that they are extinct. They were, they were extinct in America. Yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have just said it in case people are trying to <laughs> remember. You know who was said what? I just want to make it clear that I was wrong when I brought that up. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Yeah, Stephen was wrong, <laughs> just, yeah. um, and he's hurting from that one. I His am. ego's a little bit bruised. Yeah. Uh, anyways, back to Boyle Heights. I, I appreciate that fact check, though. I didn't get in there. It, no. it would have bothered someone. <laughs> someone. Yeah. You, never, you never told us. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you never got back to it. Um, Boyle Heights. <laughs> anyways, Boyle Heights was once called the Ellis Island of the West Coast. And it was home to Mexicans, Jews, Italians, Irish, Japanese, and African Americans for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason it was home to so many different ethnicities was because of the city's policies and the way that it redlined minorities. Mm-hmm. So it kind of kept them all in in Boyle Heights. It was just kind of like, we choose you, and all the minorities are going to go there. Yeah. Right. Because um, redlining was a thing back in the day. Um, Still a thing, dude. Kind of is not it as gnarly, but I feel like it is. People, not not as brutish as it probably was back in the day, but dude, people that I mean, think about the type of people that make a city, right? It's not you know they're not like I hope that everybody is the same, yeah, or I don't know, you know what I mean? Like it's dude, there's there's still shady shit that goes on. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think that like a lot of these things like. I think a lot of the things that we we experience today are the repercussions of these things. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I think there are like anti-redlining laws now. Probably. And I don't have an opinion either way, and I agree that, you know, every, you know, to I'm your pr- point that like like for example, they could have like built nicer houses on this side and like right. more of like a project kind of deal on the other. Yeah, and it was so literally even it's not like they're doing that now, like Yeah still dealing with right and it's literally street by street that's like how it's always been you know and zip code by zip code and whatnot i had this guy on my show one time and his big black dude's name is big john and he you know whole story is gangster and now he's better and blah 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 but uh we were talking about this kind of stuff and he was just saying he's like 
why when you go to the hood, there's a, there's a church on like every other corner. But he goes, go to Newport Beach. There's no fucking churches down there. You know what I mean? There's, there is things. What was sure. his reasoning for that? Like you can just get money through the church. You know what I mean? It's just. Or like, or, you mean like charitable was, type things? Or? Yeah. And he was bringing up of like, I mean, I didn't 100% agree with him, but like he was just kind of bringing up the point of like, you give people to like give hope and like, yeah, just go to your church, go to your church. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. And the churches are good for your community, but versus just, I don't know. It was all about. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting point. I don't. You know. I, I think I see what you're saying, though. Like almost like distraction and like kind of yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting point for sure. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one, but I mean, <laughs> it, it, it. I feel the same way. It was an interesting yeah. point. I'm not like this is what the guy said. And as we've already, you know, thanks for Chad. I'm I'm wrong about ninety percent of the time, but like <laughs> not <laughs> me. Google it's not me. No, no, I'm just playing. But yeah, it was just an interesting point that I. You know, you don't yeah. really think about that. And I guess if you think about it too, like it's true. Like in Newport, it's not like you see like churches on every corner. You heard the church. Per yeah, city. Like you see. Yeah, right. you're right. Um, the diversity that essentially that Boyle Heights once had started to come to an end with World War II and the internment of Japanese Americans. That essentially got rid of that population mm-hmm. of of immigrants or of minority. They were somewhere else. Um, and at that time, one third of the student body at Roosevelt High School, which is actually where my great grandfather went to high school, um, was Japanese American. So, I mean, imagine like a third of your high school, like imagine a third of La Habra being one race. Yeah, I can imagine that. Japanese well, of all. No, races, no, but being <laughs> being gone. Oh, yeah. Like literally disappearing. Like they had to go to internment camps. Right. Yeah, that's that's jacked. Be odd. Yeah. Be very strange. And so that's. Yeah. Kind of what uh, contributed to like uh, that's one of the things that contributed to um, like the lack of diversity in Boyle Heights um, for three decades. So the 20s, 30s and 40s, Boyle Heights was home to the largest Jewish population on the West Coast. Um, they migrated uh, to West L.A. and the San Fernando Valley when housing restrictions eased up after uh, World War Two. So according to some, basically what they say is that the the view of like how, how Jews were viewed <clears throat> was was essentially changed. They were received or, or perceived as white um, after the war. It's like, oh, you're one mm. of us. You guys are essentially, you know, like same thing, same difference type of thing. Yeah. But before Backstage they were passes, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Jews also left Boyle Heights because of housing developments after the war which were being developed by Jewish people for Jewish people. At least that's how they were marketed, right? right. So it was, and that's how things were marketed back then anyways, very much by like race and ethnicity and all that kind of stuff, religion, you know. Right. Kind of still the same way, but you know what I mean. It, it, a lot of tribalism, which I think we still have today just in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, you look in L.A., there's like cultural centers, you know, there's little for sure. Tokyo, like there's right. a huge Jewish population that kind of congregate into one area. It's right. For sure. Prevalent. Yeah. Um, there was also this distinction between like the Valley and Boyle Heights. So the Valley was all about like McCarthyism. Are you guys familiar with that concept, by the way? Like, uh, like the witch hunts against communists kind of thing. Yeah. Anti-communist. It's like, yeah. Mm. Again, just like the red scare type, type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so while that's going on in the Valley, right. Boyle Heights was becoming home to more left thinking individuals, like communists, socialists, anarchists, that sort of thing. Um, as more desirables, right, I imagine, like like uh, Jews, Irish, Italians, as they left Boyle Heights, city planners started to eye this area 
as a location to construct freeway changes. Like all that's left now are, you know, connecting minorities. Oh, right, right, right. <clears throat> you know, once huh. more and more like white leaning ethnicities leave, right now we're going to target Boyle Heights for like freeway construction. It's ba- I would imagine it's basically you're looking at a map and you go, okay, we're going to have to make all these interchanges. Where are we going to do this? You go, all right, well, here's the spot. There's all these minorities. Like that's the least of our, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm not saying that I believe no, that, but like, I, it's fucked up to say, but like that. Right. Like they're not going to do that in Beverly Hills. Doing. Yeah. Like that yeah. didn't happen no, in that's Brentwood. actually that's like, you know what I mean? almost verbatim. Something I saw was like, yeah, when you're looking at Boyle Heights versus Beverly Hills, they're going to choose Boyle Heights. Right. And for a lot of reasons, you know, property taxes, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but Boyle Heights also lacked like political and economic influence to fight off the construction of the interchanges, like despite their efforts. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's cyclical. You know what I mean? It's a poor right. part of town. You don't have that political or economic influence. Um, about 2000 homes were destroyed as highways started to run through Boyle Heights. In 1960, the five freeway was built through Hollenbeck Park, which is just, I think, a local park. And intersected freeways have even been nicknamed the Spaghetti Bowl. (laughs) So lots of construction, lots of different winding roads, lots of displacement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder, are we getting to a point where it's like we're going to have to start displacing more people? Because what we have doesn't work. It Um, works at like 10% capacity. I don't it's know, like man. Car- I mean, the I, the solution is like get rid of cars, right? But, right. but that's never going to happen. So I, I, right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I'm saying stack those things up, dude. Just they need them. to. Yeah. I, d- mm. Yeah. Musk brought up the point of like we do everything in 3D except for transportation. Mm-hmm. Like you work, you go to a job, and it's got all these floors. So you work, yeah. you live. Like you do everything in, in 3D or three-dimensional. Which is what 3D means. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't know. That. You literally, the listeners just got to hear me learn my own lesson. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> dude, I'm so dumb. Well, he but, just explained what 3D was. He's, he's yeah, doing right. the boring company, you know, which is like kind of doing the I, tunnel deal, which is, I mean. I feel like that's like going to be. a prototype of what might. You get low, your car lowers down onto a tray, and then it just goes really fast on a cabling system. That's going to back up in five seconds. And I think there's – I saw some article. There's already traffic jams in yeah, the, the Vegas one or wherever you just put one in. Well, it, and there's um, there's a reason, too, why, like, we don't have, like, a sophisticated, like, subway system in SoCal, and it's well, – We have, like, fault lines in SoCal. Well, fault Ooh. lines, and, like, yeah, you're – like, New York is, like, built on a rock. You know what the biggest reason for that is? Huh. I've really come out as such a car geek on this show, but there was a lot of influence from the big three, like the big automotive car companies that stopped. Like when L.A. was first starting to be built, there Mm -hmm. was going to be like subways and all trolleys and all kinds of public stuff. And they like really threw a wrench in that shit through legislation and just by pulling their weight around, especially back then. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they had a lot more weight than they do now and to to stop it because they wanted people to buy cars. Wow. So it was going to have all that. I mean, obviously, New York and all those other places were way earlier. So it was like they already had it. Right. But they really like, at, you know what I mean? They really stopped it from happening. So do you think that's a myth, too, then that like we, you know, um, like we couldn't have a sophisticated subway system because of like the earthquake stuff? What would that be like topography or whatever? I don't know. Is that even the right word? Uh, geography? Seismography? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Musk says like. Because you're like, oh, yeah, dude, the last thing I want to do is travel in tunnels in, like, the most famous earthquake country. Like, yeah. that's – and he's like, 
I heard him talking in an interview, and it's one of those things where I'm like, he sounds really confident, but I'll believe it after a huge earthquake happens and people don't die. He's like, oh, you, yeah. know, you actually really want to be below the ground. He's like, it's like a, it's like being in the ocean or like since something happens, he's like, all the big waves from the earthquake happen on top of the water, but if you're you know below, it's not that bad. And he's like, and the things are made to flex. I'm like. He's probably right. Okay. <laughs> he's I, probably right. He's and I've been right dude. this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I know a, what we'll you mean. We'll see on that one. But it just, like, yeah. well, let's say it flexes and nothing happens, but you're going, okay, well, now it's all the way flexed. So it's like the next one, mm-hmm. it breaks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you get one of those and you're like, oh, no, like a road, you just repave the road. You don't just repave this massive tunnel underneath like the biggest city i guess this is one of those instances where i just say you know not my circus not my monkey <laughs> not my pig know? not my farm <laughs> i'm just gonna be shoveling horse shit up in montana what, what am i gonna know dude yeah dude what do you care you're leaving i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> all right so last the resentment comes out <laughs> yeah uh, so i'm gonna yeah. I'm going to miss you, buddy. Um, (laughs) So last little like city we're going to talk about here is Little Manila or Stockton, California. Okay. No, no, no. It's uh, it's L.A. Stockton. Stockton is Bay Area. Yeah. So I thought, isn't that where uh, the Diaz brothers from UFC are? Google that shit real quick. Stockton, Los Angeles. I I can confirm it for you right now. Yeah. It's like directly east of San Francisco. Hold on. No. Hold on. Stockton, Los Angeles? Yes. Is that a town in Yes, Chad. I'm pretty sure. Don't make me say it's probably. I mean, I I'm so thrilled when like I'm hanging on by a thread intelligence wise, and then I see somebody else blunder, and I'm like, okay, thank God. I mean, I wrote down Stockton. If <laughs> if I'm wrong, we'll just keep saying Little Manila, which Manila is the capital of the Philippines. You know what I love? Okay, I don't think you got this one, doggy. I know for a fact that there is a Stockton up by the bay. I, I've never heard anybody in my life live down here and go, I'm driving to Stockton. Stockton, Los Angeles Road, also known as the Millerton Road. Hit me with that Stockton, bro. Anyways, let's just ignore the fact that I said Stockton. I'm pretty sure it's Stockton, though, man. It's anyways, I think that's where Venice I, I, Beach <laughs> is how it's pronounced. <laughs> okay, anyways, little. let's just say Little Manila in LA, okay? The largest population of Filipinos in the world outside of the Philippines from the 20s to the 60s. Mm-hmm. This community was impacted by the construction of both the 101 and the 110. The 101 cut through the Temple Street neighborhood and the north side of Bunker Hill, which I know you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Um anyways, cut through <laughs> cut through Little Manila or whatever, I don't know. The 110 bisected the 101. We all know where the 110 meets the 101, right? Mm-hmm. Bisected. Right downtown, yeah. Yeah, it means it they run side by side. And it went through the Temple Bodry area. These are just neighborhoods again in like Little Manila. Um not Stockton. Yeah. yeah. Not Stockton. Whatever. F off. <laughs> Um, as early as 1945, over 500 Filipinos and Mexicans were served eviction notices to make way for the Hollywood Freeway, the 101. Um, in the 1970s, homes, businesses, and community centers were all destroyed in the name of progress. Some of the buildings that were demolished were some of the last remnants of what the, what's called the Manong or Manang generations. I think Manong or Manang is just like male, female type thing. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, um, gender specific or whatever. Did they, say, sorry to interrupt you. Did they <laughs> say anything about getting paid when they displace those people? Or was it just like, here's your eviction, fuck off? No, it's that, that um, what I talked about before, like eminent domain, where it's basically like they they can reclaim so like, the land for whatever they need it for. There is no like, you got to leave, but here's 100 grand. There was no, um, I didn't see any anything that said that they were like paid like, yeah, I'll give you a thousand, even a thousand dollars. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, I, sorry, but here you go. Because I've actually, I worked on, uh, I think it's the purple line. It's the new metro line that goes like through Inglewood from the like airport area. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a few spots. I left the job when they were just starting to do it. But there was like some old hotel, like motels and stuff that they were going to build stations like across the street from where the line went. And so they were going to build stations and it was just like vacant and then one day you just see them they're just starting to tear them down like they're like yeah apparently the, they just they bought them out you know what i mean but it, they did buy them out it wasn't just like get out of yeah, here yeah i but can then imagine they just, you yeah you know they just you could tell like that motel has probably been in somebody's family forever and then they're just like now i'm gonna come up on a gajillion dollars and so there you go that's out of the generation but we have all this money and then the government just expands right Anyways. yeah it's really interesting i mean i wish i knew more about it but i know in some instances like they they make it so that the the land or the properties just aren't really worth anything anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, um, I forget what it is. I, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of context, but anyways, so the, the back to like the Manong Manang generations, what, why this is so significant is because this is the first generation of Filipinos to come to America in the 1920s and 1930s. They had originally left their home because of the devastation caused by the Philippine American war in like the 19, like the zeros, right? Mm-hmm. And what they're known for is doing a lot of the backbreaking work in the fields of California. And what they were doing was obviously making new lives for themselves and they would support their families, you know, back in the Philippines. So this work would help to establish agriculture as the largest industry in California. Think like, you know, Cesar Chavez, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people recognize like the Filipino contribution to this i think i feel like mostly like because like caesar chavez is mexican like they tend to leave filipinos out of the picture right, right? like would you, did you know that how like their influence in not the or their contribution yeah. to no. agriculture in california not, the, not. not the scale that to which you're speaking of yeah i didn't really either i don't really know much anymore yeah steven's not, not woke steven's not woke at all <laughs> i thought it was all white people all the time yeah That's exactly what I thought. American jobs, baby. <laughs> yeah. Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it was their activism. You, did, I, did I cut off a joke? Were you no, about to? <laughs> it's going to be rolling coal in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was their activism, though, that would eventually lead to the establishment of one of the largest social justice movements in American history. Um, and this was joining, again, like the, the Filipino Farm Labor Union and the Mexican Farm Labor Union, um, which was called the UNART. United, <laughs> the United Farm Workers, which is again what you know, um, uh, synonymous with uh, Cesar Chavez, right? There, um, there is a lot of really cool things about California, like how it came to be. You know what I mean? And obviously, you're just touching on a very like thin, uh, small amount of it. But you know, you know what I mean? It's just it was such a melting pot and like land of opportunity here. Like, dude, it was the place to be and come. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always been how cr- like it's what part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's kind of yeah. oversaturated at this point, but 
know what's funny <laughs> that I think about? Like, we talked about railroads and, like, Route 66 and, like, businesses and things thriving. When you have this, like, intricate interstate system and it's, you know, there's, yeah. I mean, I would, I don't know if there's more in California than anywhere else in the world. But it makes sense that with so many freeways that were so densely populated. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of makes sense. It's with a accessibility. Reaction. Yeah. And having to accommodate these, like, populations of people that are coming through and, and all that good stuff, you know? Right. Well, I'm going to say Stockton again because that's what my article said. So, in 1930s Stockton, Main Street in Stockton acted as a dividing line. And it was a sort of, like, unspoken rule that people of color didn't go north of Main Street. It's kind of like what people say about Whittier Boulevard here, like yeah. north of Whittier Boulevard is like nice and south of Whittier Boulevard is like, yeah. I mean, you can go wherever you want, but like, you know what I mean? Right. It's kind of divided by by the yeah. boulevard, if you will. Mm-hmm. For sure. Once the Crosstown Freeway, which I believe is part of the 210, was being built in the 60s, these racial lines were replaced with class lines. So it's like less racial, more about class and, you know, status and whatnot. Wow. The Crosstown Freeway not only destroyed Little Manila, but also Chinatown, which at the time Stockton had the third largest Chinatown in California and Japantown. So it wasn't just Little Manila, it was Chinatown and Japantown. Plans to develop the city of Stockton were still in the works as late as 2003. Um, the Little Manila area was targeted as a commercial development zone. So this is like st- like pretty recent. It's like less than right. 20 years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. Plans were set to destroy eight square blocks that consisted, um, sorry, yeah, eight square blocks that consisted of family homes, businesses, churches, nonprofits, and more historic buildings in order to build an Asian-themed strip mall. Um. For the f- not for the first time, but the community was able to put together like a counter proposal. They're like, "Hey, instead of a strip mall, let's I don't know, <laughs> you know, invest in the community a little bit, whatever." Yada yada yada. Right. Additionally, the community raised enough awareness for Little Manila that it was named one of the eleven most endangered historic sites in America, and this led to the city receiving the most letters ever written against the city proposal. Wow. So they're actually they're winning for once, which is kind of nice. After all that, the city chose neither proposal for the development area. They were nice. just like, they put together a counter proposal. I don't know what it consisted of, but they they opted out of the strip mall and they just like <laughs> ignored the counter proposal too. They're like, screw all of you. <laughs> screw all of you. It's like when right. your parents like catch you arguing with your sibling. It's like, well, neither of you get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've all been there. It's like, yeah. no one gets it. You're all right. done. You're like, great. Look what you did. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, Little Manila did take this as a win, though, and they were finally able to resist some unwanted development. And this was, again, in 2003. But I wanted to end on that little, little, you know, high, on the little, little high note, you know. Yeah. Um, kind of straight away from freeways, focused a little bit more on development. But bottom line being that, you know, all good things, all progress comes with consequence. And a lot of people don't know that about the freeways. They just kind of take for granted. They drive it every day. They don't know what it costs some, some people. The average American, you know? the average Californian, I would imagine, is pretty just like you say the word freeway and it just makes their mouth sour, you know. It's right. Like, oh yeah. But well, you know, there's a lot of good that's come from freeways existing. For know? sure. Yeah, for sure. It's it would be worse would. without them still. Yeah. They just were so packed; it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like um, 
I don't know. I mean, you know, like the whole story about like Chavez Ravine too, right? Like Dodger Stadium. So Dodger Stadium is built in Chavez Ravine and Chavez Ravine was like a, like a community of like houses and all that kind of stuff. So like what, like uh Legion park is now or like, at, like on the Northern side of the stadium. Uh, no, it's where the stadium is. <laughs> like they got rid of all of it. They got uh, rid of all the houses in Chavez ravine oh, to build okay. Dodger stadium. Wow. Yeah. What's Kinda like that? Yeah. What's interesting to me, and it's a quick point, but you know, we're talking about different communities, and it's every city and every part of you know all over the nation has like different communities. But LA has so many different kind, right? Like I can go to Compton and feel very uncomfortable and unsafe. Right. Right. Okay. Being a twenty-eight-year-old single white man, if I was married, I'd feel more comfortable. But a single white man, very uncomfortable. Yeah. However, given a month, month and a half ago. Uh, and I went to, cause I just, this is a quick story, but like I went to like Rodeo drive and Beverly Hills and that area mm-hmm. just because before I w- moved to Montana, I'm a big watch guy. I just wanted to go to like all those watch stores that like, you know what I mean? I watch all the YouTube, like if whatever you're into, you watch all the yeah. stuff. It's like, I just want to see it in person before I leave. Cause it's not a whole lot of those stores in Montana. You know what I mean? You're not going to find a Usier Lacour uh, <laughs> store in Montana. A Rolex but, store or whatever. Yeah, there's one in the whole state. But uh, I've already looked. But anyways, <laughs> when I went, I realized I was like, I don't feel like if this is what like being at the top in L.A. feels like, I don't feel like I want to be at the top in L.A. It's weird over there. It's very yeah. literally I was walking just going because they're like literally it's like every other shop is just a luxury watch place or like you know tiffany's or whatever it's all high dollar stuff and i was literally standing on the corner waiting to cross the street like right by rodeo drive and there was these like three 65 year old white women that you could just tell like everything's gucci and gabbana and whatever the fuck brand you want to talk about but <laughs> and i'm not kidding you i was standing there with a girl that i was hanging out with and you know it's one of those things you're not trying to eavesdrop but I'm not saying anything and they're talking right behind you. So you hear it. And they were literally like, can you believe she got that work done? Like, it looks so good. Like, I know she didn't even tell me we're going to get it done. And like, (laughs) I want to get that guy. Like she didn't, I'm trying to get her to tell me who it was. Like the most stereotypical thing, like Like talking about superficial, like plastic surgeons and everything. And just everybody, when I went there, I realized that everybody is trying to tell you how much money they make. Yeah, I can see that. Do you know what I'm saying? And I just remember, and then literally the job site that I was working at was in Compton. And so I, you know, I talked about it on the show. So you're seeing both sides of LA. I was literally, and that's, I mean, obviously those are two extremes, but there's a lot of those, right? Like I don't even feel really comfortable in where I live because everybody keeps jacking all my shit. But like, (laughs) it was just interesting. Like you can go and it's like, all right, this is a very poor community. There's a lot of people that get in trouble here and make poor decisions. And like, don't leave your, don't walk away from your car 20 feet. Somebody will break into your car. Right. Like, and then you go to the other place where it's like all the money and you still don't feel comfortable. It was, it was just a weird feeling that is. Yeah. I can see that being really weird. I work for a moving and storage company and like, I work more on like the, like quote unquote corporate side of it. But um, as part of like my onboarding, they have you go and like work a move job. Mm-hmm. And we moved this guy into his like brand new, not brand new. I mean, it's like an older house, but his, his house in Brentwood, which is like, yeah, basically like where UCLA is. And uh, you could tell his dude's like probably like 
you know, a couple million dollar houses. It wasn't like big or anything, but you can tell because of the area and nice. the size of it. And like, um, yeah, it was just, it was really interesting uh, just kind of seeing that way of life. And I don't know. It just, it seemed like really, again, just like superficial. Um, and yeah, something I didn't really want to be a part of, you know, mm-hmm. it was weird. And then, I mean, like what's crazy is like, like, yeah, you live in this like expensive house and maybe your quality of living goes up or whatever, but you like, you still have to drive through like so much traffic and right. congestion and, um, like the homelessness there is, is, is wild too. And it's like, same thing It's like this nice area in LA, but the off ramps are like infested with homeless people. And, and yeah. again, like they need someplace to go. I get that. I'm sympathetic to that, but you know, it's are just, you? No, I'm just I? Kidding. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's just wild, you know, what you pay for and then what you get, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but especially in LA of all, I mean, I'm sure every major city is like that, but especially, you know, right. Yeah. Different things. Sure. Yeah, Orange sure. County is a little bit more distanced. Like yeah. the rich know how to distance themselves a little bit more, I think. Yeah, from a little bit more spread out. Well, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. should we wrap up? Sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, Stephen, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate for you having me, dude. Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad I caught you before you left to Montana. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm like I said, I was I was stoked to come on and I had a good time. Yeah, good man. I'm glad you had a good time. Chad, thanks as always. On the vitals, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, Peace out. Thank you. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself.